This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. Today's episode, I'm going to unpack a little bit what the term toxic productivity means and why it's something that we hold on to, why it's a pattern that plays out for many of us, and some tips and tools from my own journey with feeling the need to be productive all of the time and how we can move through that. And I'll guide you through those tools at the end of the episode. So what I wanted to start off with was just sharing a bit about what toxic productivity is. So essentially what toxic productivity is, is this drive just to be productive all of the time. And this may not just be work, it can be in all areas of your life. So really how this looks is this pushing of yourself to unhealthy extremes and always having in the back of your mind that you must be doing whatever you're doing, everything like your tasks have to be um, geared towards that next stepping stone. So in order to accomplish something from what you're doing. And of course, the reason it goes into toxic is because most of the time when we're working with this extreme of having to always be productive, we're, we're really sacrificing our mental and physical health so you know this may look like not doing something because you know making a choice not to do something because you're weighing up the options of how productive this this particular task is going to be so actually what happens is it begins to take the joy out of your life because you're constantly weighing up like oh should I just hang out with my friends today or or should I, should I just go on this, this walk on my lunch break? Um, you know, certain things like this, where your mind is maybe pulling you into this idea that you should always be filling up your free time with something that is going to move you along to a bigger goal or to an achievement. And yeah, again, it becomes toxic when we really just push too hard and it just goes on and on and on. And really you start to look at your life and you're like, wow, like, is there any joy here? Am I allowing joy in my life? Or is everything just about moving forward, pushing forward and focusing on that next goal of yours? So of course, hustle culture, society, there's a lot of influence to really understand why maybe these patterns are showing up for us. And then there's some more personal reasons, because again, we're all very different. We're all wired very differently. And what I feel for me personally, and for a lot of the people that I work with, I see this as a real coping mechanism. 
a protector, a part of us that is designed to keep us safe, a part of us that's in fear. And really what we want to do to be able to move away from this pattern is learn how to feel safe when we're resting so that we can actually rest without feeling that we need to be doing something else. Because I know a lot of the time what happens here with a lot of people that are experiencing this pattern of behavior is there's a guilt that's associated with rest. And of course, that's going to lead to burnout very, very fast. If there's no clean rest in your schedule, it's going to lead to burnout. And I know this all too well. I've been in a burnout cycle many times in my career from work and also with chronic fatigue syndrome, which was a diagnosis that came from, again, really not understanding where my body was, where my nervous system was and not allowing myself to, yeah, to give myself what I needed. So from a very much a parts perspective, which is the way that I work with my clients is understanding that there are many parts of us. So a lot of parts are, there's no good or bad parts, but they're just doing their job. And we have many parts that are protectors. So they come in and they really try and help us protect. And that's great because ultimately what their job is, is to keep us in the least amount of pain as possible. But for our human, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn out well. And so what we, what's usually happening is there's a part of us that doesn't feel safe. There's a part of us that fears taking a break or taking rest or experiencing joy because of some other deeper rooted beliefs that you may have around your inherent safety, how secure you are in certain things, uh, maybe financial reasons. There's a lot of reasons why we may feel unsafe to rest. I know for me, actually, that witnessing my mom, who was very much on the go all of the time, she doesn't know how to rest. <laughs> so it's a behavior that was modeled. And it's interesting because as I started to become aware of myself and my own patterns and started to implement more rest, which I was doing, by the way, for a long time before um, I actually had a diagnosis of CFS, but I started to begin to notice the inability of my mom to relax and to rest. And I would become really frustrated around her need for doing, doing, doing. And this activation within me was because I saw this in myself and there was a judgment that I was, I was playing out here. And how I felt around this was that there was a constant need to just do, 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 even though there was nothing really getting done. Like there was like lists after lists being ticked off, you know, to-do lists, everything being ticked off, but actually like, what did what was achieved during the day? And I look at myself in this because I know for times when I was just constantly staying busy because of a need to be productive, it wasn't like I was always moving forward or doing needle moving activities towards things that I wanted to do. I was actually just moving just because I wanted to stay busy. And in my mind, it was safer to just keep doing and ticking off those things from my to-do list. And there was a another part at play, a procrastinator or another fear part, an avoidance part that were, that meant that, yeah, sometimes I wasn't doing the things that were actually going to be productive for wherever, whatever my goal was. So it ended up being quite a cycle where it's like, 
you keep just being busy and you keep going round in this cycle and then you keep realizing that you haven't done enough or you're not moving towards your goals and then you keep going round again and around so it's an interesting thing to observe and that may feel familiar to you as well and again if it is something you're noticing within yourself just bring in so much compassion for yourself because underneath all of this as i said we have protectors but really what this protector is looking after is a wounded or scared younger part of us an inner child that is desperately either scared or seeking some sort of um, validation and love and maybe growing up there was a feeling that if you could just achieve and do and get good results achieve in your career or at school then you would receive love so again as i said there are different reasons why we hold on to this uh this wound of really having a toxic way of being productive so for the next part of this episode i'm just going to share with you some tips that have really helped me move through this process and again this is what i share with my clients there's nothing that i share that i haven't yet embodied because that is not how i work and I know that I have some very unique solutions with this because it's been a huge part of my life and a lot of trial and error. So what I wanted to say on this and how I wanted to start is the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to reward ourselves if you have this pattern. And when I say reward yourself is you need to take rest And when you do, reward yourself when you take that rest. And you can start by implementing small pieces of rest into your day. So if you don't rest at all, or you only take five or 10 minutes, then you're not going to just immediately start putting in three hours rest because that's going to feel like a shock to your nervous system. So you want to be making sure you're setting realistic and manageable chunks of rest. And then the important part is once you've planned rest into your day, then you reward yourself and what you're doing when you reward yourself you're showing your body so a reward can be congratulating celebrating yourself giving yourself like so much kindness and compassion maybe it's buying yourself some flowers you don't even have to buy yourself something you could be making yourself something or just speaking kindly to yourself so what you're doing is you're basically showing your body that it is important and safe to your survival just as much as it is as being productive so you're doing you're scheduling rest into your day a manageable chunk into your days and then you're celebrating and the kind of thing that you can say to yourself as you start to let your body know it's safe you can begin with like a light physical touch you can just start to give yourself maybe a hug and just say like Thank you, body, for needing rest. Thank you so much for showing me showing me where my limits are. And then reminding yourself again, enforcing, reminding out loud or in your head how beneficial and necessary rest is. The next one I wanted to share with you is a really, really amazing tool. I share this a lot actually through my Instagram and probably in other podcast episodes. And this is writing a list of wins at the end of each day. 
And so what I wanted to distinguish here with this is when you're writing a list of wins at the end of each day, what you're focusing on is not how many things you ticked off your to-do list, but you're drawing your attention to how well you perhaps nourished yourself, the rest that you took, the things that you did that were not productivity-based tasks, but things that really show to you that it is safe to be doing other things and you can reward yourself and recognize these wins. So maybe it's, I went out for a coffee with my friend, I went on a walk today, rather than I completed all of my tasks or I did, you know, it's not to say that you can't be proud of those things, but really the purpose of this list is to really focus specifically on the way you rest, the way you nourish yourself, those self-care activities. And you'll start to notice very, very quickly how this impacts and changes the rewiring of your brain. And you'll start to feel that you've accomplished a lot more when you get to the end of your day. And this exercise is really just helping to rewire the brain for safety, to know that it's safe to rest. And it's just a continual pattern because we've got a neural pathway here that's designed to be like, I must be productive, I must be productive. And when it's not productive, it freaks out. And so what we're doing is we're weakening that pathway by creating a new one that we're going to keep enforcing and we're going to show ourselves it's safe to rest and we're just going to keep building that awareness and feedback around that part so again i mentioned this in the first point but i just to take this on a bigger spectrum is planning rest into your day so as you plan rest into your day maybe this actually looks like you create a schedule for yourself so maybe on a sunday night you take your diary and you create a plan and if you do do that, then the first thing that you want to incorporate into that is rest. And you can even write what you want to do for that rest. So rest isn't necessarily laying down on your bed and scrolling through social media. A lot of the time, especially if we're highly sensitive people, we have overstimulated nervous systems. Maybe we're healing our nervous system. And so our window of tolerance is quite small. We really need to make sure we're allowing ourselves full stillness and rest to start to clear out that energy and to make sure that we're just laying with, with very minimal stimuli. So it could be 10 minutes of sitting, 10 minutes of laying. And that plan into your day is going to mean that you're, it's going to show yourself that you're prioritizing something that your brain thinks isn't as important, but now you're gonna show it that it is. The next one that I wanted to share, and this one really helped me. Uh, I mean, they already helped me, but this one is a really good one when you forget the things that you can do to that help you to relax and to feel restful. So this one is making a list of activities that feel restful to you and things that help you to cool your energy back because this is really really important and often what i find is if we don't know what we should be doing in times where we're having complete stillness and rest so we've got so in in those situations it's easier then if we don't have a backup plan or a clear path to just continue in the same old habits of oh i'm just going to keep doing something i'm just going to keep doing 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 I'm going to do the washing, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because I don't actually know what I should be doing in my rest time. So 
what I want to say here is there's two different parts of rest. So there's complete rest and clean rest is what I how I kind of distinguish these two things, giving myself complete silence and doing absolutely nothing during my day at, at different points of my day. But then there's also activities that I wanted to do where I'd maybe already had that rest, but I wasn't in full energy. And I knew that as I began to listen to my body, that it didn't make sense for me to keep working and I had to do things for my level of energy. And if my energy was low or I felt like I could see that I'd had a really busy day of client calls or of just being around people where I felt so scattered, I needed tools to fall back on that could help me just call my energy back. So for example, this could be a meditation where you're just calling your energy back to yourself. It could be a journaling practice. It could be laying on the bed with music on. And I recommend with this list, you keep it in your phone notes or you keep it in a diary that you have access to. So you can just check it when you need to. This is helpful because what happens when we're in a state of stress, which can often happen when we're in this toxic productivity mindset and this way of being, we're automatically gonna resort to the most habitual path, the easiest path, the path that takes less energy. So the behaviors, the thoughts, the ones that are almost automatic because that, that's easiest for the brain. If something is easy, if something doesn't need any thinking, it's automatic, the brain is gonna choose that way of being. And this is why it can be so hard to change habits because sometimes we're so habitually uh, inclined just to keep moving forward that it's that awareness in between once we realize I want to change this behavior. And it's that awareness in that moment where we say to ourselves, I need to stop and choose a new path. And I need to make sure that in these moments when I'm feeling particularly stressed, I'm not going to go down this automatic pathway of keep doing more. I'm going to decide that I'm going to come back to my list and I'm going to change what I do in this moment. And that is a, that's really where the healing happens, especially when we're looking at these patterns within our nervous system. The next one I wanted to share, structure for me is really, really important in my days. And I think for a lot of people, this is also true, but I also know many people that are a bit more able to flow and I know for me that having a loose structure at least for like the majority of my week supports me and it does change all the time depending on where I'm at what my mood is where I'm at in my cycle the capacity of my nervous system but as a real practical thing as much as we can block out that rest as well I also block out the hours that I'm going to do the work so hours that I do work, so we're blocking in rest and then we're going to block out those hours or the structure that we need to support us. Because if we feel that we're having no structure and all we're doing is scheduling rest, that's going to give us a huge amount of fear if we have this pattern that requires us or is designed and ingrained in our nervous system to just keep working. So you need to gradually move yourself into a routine that feels more manageable, but you're still allocating structure to your days. And this will look different for everybody. And a key part of this is being adaptable, changing as you go, knowing that if you create a structure, 
maybe do it week on week, especially if you're a woman, your cycle is going to impact the level of energy you have, and you're not going to have the same structure every week. So for me, my two weeks, whilst I'm kind of in my ovulation phase and the first week after my bleed, I'm, I can, I have a greater capacity to do more. So I end up doing more things during that period, but then it tapers off. So the week before my bleed and then the week of my energy, my levels of ability to do more taper off. So it's adjusting, it's, it's changing based on how you feel or how you think you might feel. And then the very last one that I'm going to share in this episode for you is knowing that when we create change, we don't want to be creating something that feels unmanageable. We don't want to be creating something that is just going to mean we fall off the wagon to these new patterns only to give ourselves shame and not to be able to get back on. And for me, I feel like I've perfected this so well especially when it comes to things like my fitness um and yeah keeping goals and giving myself the bare minimum and baseline of what I want to be doing so what I want to share here is that set yourself baselines Commit to a baseline, which means like a minimum thing that you're happy to do. So if you have a work goal, but you're trying to come out of this this pattern of overdoing and overworking, because all you do in your free time is say that, oh, I wish I could just do more, do more. Or I'm just going to keep carrying on doing work because like there's not actually anything else for me to do. And I really, really enjoy work. You know, all of these things that we come up with, which may be true to some degree, but really what we have to do is we have to start changing that. So what we're doing is we're saying, okay, today, whereas I would usually finish work at five o'clock, maybe you're going to challenge yourself uh, to finish at four o'clock. And there's not about not doing, you know, not doing your job properly, or it's not about you know, putting less effort as such. It's just showing yourself that it's it's okay to change your schedule, to do a little bit less on some days. And then this also can look like when we're setting baselines is just deciding for yourself, what is the minimum thing that I would be happy with to do today? What is the baseline minimum or in this week? What are my goals? Especially if you work for yourself or you have to manage projects, you're managing things for yourself, or maybe there is people talking down at you or there's deadlines that you have to meet. But if you're, when it comes to managing your time with how much you allocate to different projects, to different things, it's really important that you decide what is your minimum you would be happy with. So for example... For me, in my business, it is creating a podcast a week. And that's my goal for now. That's my content goal. And I have other goals around the client work that I do and 
everything else that that is involved in my business but just as a real practical example it's like okay if I can do that and you know things change I'm not very well there's there's things happening in my life it's like I know that I can organize myself well enough to be able to consistently get meet that and I won't feel bad I won't feel guilty if yeah I don't get other stuff done and when it comes to committing to those baselines you're essentially showing yourself that you can still commit to yourself and you don't have to do it all because sometimes what happens when we have this pattern is we can go from one extreme to the next all or nothing procrastination and so what happens here when we lean into that procrastination side of like we go from this push-pull cycle do 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 burnout crash procrastination and then it comes with this guilt this shame that we're not doing enough so we're really just committing to that baseline and it's giving us this healthier way of relating to tasks and it's helping our brain just to gently ease into that idea that we don't have to do it all but we can commit to ourselves for a minimum activity or goal and that is enough that is enough so these are some of the things that have really, really helped me and they're the tools that I offer to my clients. There are, of course, uh, other things, but actually these, if you start to implement these, then you will really, really, really be able to show your nervous system, train your brain and change your mindset when it comes to looking at productivity so I'll leave that one here today. I hope you got something from this podcast episode. If so, I would love to hear any insights again, any stories or shares. And if you're interested in taking this deeper to work on these patterns yourself, I do have open slots for longer one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentorships. All right, sending all my love. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.